You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back here on Sports Talk. Happy to be joined by Koki Riley, LSU reporter for USA Today, Sports South Region with the Daily Advertiser. Got a little wet today for the Tigers, but they were able to get one game in, uh, pulling things even with South Carolina. Quite a comeback, Koki, in game two, huh? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, the game, they seemed dead. Uh, I I think that's just the best way to put it, LSU did. Um, I mean, down 7-3 in the eighth inning, and Yes, they had the bases loaded, but there were two outs in the inning, and just given the way the series had gone, it just felt like they just weren't going to push across a run, let alone push across all four, and then all of a sudden one swing of the bat, and it just changes everything. It just changes, I guess, every Tiger fans. Um, It wasn't just that they were down 7-3. It was that the Garrett Edwards injury had just happened as well, and and that was um, extremely concerning on on its face. And, and, And to be honest, I think, like, that's probably the more important takeaway than anything else that happens in this series. But, but as for the game and as for the series itself, yeah, like it was, it was a pretty miraculous comeback. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. So what 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 was going on with Garrett Edwards? Do we know anything about that injury? Um, I haven't heard anything further on what the injury looks like. Um, but uh, he was holding his right arm um, after he hurt it and. I mean, holding his elbow, not not just his right arm. Right. So it's anytime you see that, um, it, it's hard to be overly optimistic as to what his timetable could be. And I think, I think if you're an LSU fan, I think you just have to assume that he's done for the year because I I would be again like I don't want to speculate too right. too much, but like I don't know how many times I've, how, I I don't know if I ever if anyone's ever seen something like that happen and then you know he's good to go in a week you know, right they just come back like oh well I, yeah I hit my funny bone right yeah that's not usually what it is yeah no no and he, I mean it was a non it wasn't like he got hit with something you know and he just right. threw it he just threw a pitch and something blew out of his elbow that's what it looked like so um, yeah I mean it's hard to be over, overly optimistic because it's there's, there's that injury, right? And then there's, you know, Chase Shores not being available for this weekend against South Carolina. There's the Jaden Newt injury, the Caleb Appleby injuries that we that already were existing heading into the year. There's Javon Coleman, who still is kind of up in the air. There's even Nate Ackenhausen's hamstring injury, which mm-hmm. is kind of not under the radar. And um, apparently he wasn't available for the pitch this weekend either. So, yeah, like they've got, there's a lot of uh, pitching problems that they have right now. And I think, you know, yes, like the SEC RA, the bullpen's really poor at the moment. And obviously, you know, you, they need to perform better as a unit. But I think the injuries are the more concerning thing long term. Speaking, so if, yeah, we've talked about a lot of the negatives in terms of, the, you know, what's going on with the bullpen. But one thing that happened yeah. today that was really positive, obviously, was Gavin Gidry coming in and just shutting it down. And he yells into the South Carolina dugout. He kind of feels like he has some of those Zach Hess, like, psycho vibes a little bit, which that's what you want in a closer. You know, what, what was kind of your impression seeing what he did out there today? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to, to see what Guidry has done and the way he's sort of he's now he's kind of forced to be put into a higher spot in this bullpen now because of all the injuries, right? And then, but so to see a guy like that freshman who started the year as an infielder uh, and still does play some infield and has taken some at bats this season to start the year as that and now come into like a really key game and a one-run game against a really good South Carolina lineup, a top six team in the country. And to shut him down for an inning and two thirds, that's extremely impressive. And uh, and Jay Johnson's always has talked about pretty pretty frequently how like how Didry kind of gives them a different look out of the bullpen. And I mean, I, I'm I, just as a viewer of the games, I'm not exactly sure what that different look is exactly. But um, he's yeah, he's got a pretty solid slider in that fastball. I mean, it's low nineties, but it, there there does seem like there's a little bit of. I guess extra juice to it. You know what I mean? It's not like a straight fastball. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very impressive what Gidry's done, especially given that, again, he only started pitching again until I believe it was, ooh, I think the season had started when they kind of announced it. So, um, it, yeah, I, I think his ascension and his performance today is really key for this team moving forward. Now you look at tomorrow, obviously, for this LSU team. I think Christian Little's going to be on the mound. Any clue yet on who South Carolina will be tossing? Um, I, I don't because they did not announce anyone. Okay. Um, it, it, so that was – LSU had announced their three starters to start the series, and South Carolina had not. Um, at least I haven't seen any updates on that. So, uh, But I, I – but, like, to be honest, I don't think the game's going to happen just looking <laughs> at the radar and mm. – it's going to be really hard to, to fit this thing, to fit this game in. And I, I think if you're an LSU fan, you might be okay with just splitting the series and heading back home, right? I mean, it's less innings you have to use for your pitchers. It's, you know, less of a chance that someone else gets hurt too. There's no way they consider playing like on an Easter Sunday, huh? Um, no, no okay. I, I don't, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I mean, Leah's there at, in South Carolina at the moment and she said they're not going to play Sunday. So, I mean, I would assume that I think that's just what's going to happen. And, gotcha. you know, it, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I, I think that overall though, like, I don't think it, I, I'm just saying in general, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world <laughs> if they just ended the series and, right. you know, I mean, for South Carolina, obviously you don't want that to happen because, they did blow the game, a four-run lead with two outs in the eighth inning. So, um, it, but like if you're in LSU, like you go come back home with a good, better feeling and some more time to sort of figure out your pitching situation because you you need to do that. Um, because here's the thing with this LSU team, like I know I've, I've sounded like fairly negative, um, really <laughs> through this entire call about their pitching, right? But their offense is so good, and you saw it today. Um, their offense is so good that you don't need three Paul Skeens and then the best bullpen in the league to, to win the College World Series or to get to Omaha, right? You just need competent pitching. You need to – there needs to be sort of a bar. You can't walk eight guys in a game um, for two games in a row, which is what they've done the last two days. Like, they just need guys who can throw strikes and, you know, get some out, outs and, and have, you know, competence. Like, that's what they, that's all they need because, again, they probably have the best offense in the country. So, uh, it's – I, I don't know. That's just sort of what I think. Yeah. So, Koki, just taking this a little more broad, and I know you posted something earlier this week, kind of, kind of touching on this. Is the last two seasons in LSU sports? You, this this year specifically, you obviously had Kim Mulkey going into year two, J. 
Jay Johnson going into year two. Brian Kelly is going to go into year two, and that team feels like it's going to be a title contender based on what we've seen and who the players are coming back. And it really is just fascinating to see all of these Scott Woodward hires just hitting. Mm. And, you know, Matt McMahon, we'll, we'll figure it. We'll find out. Um, but it, it really is just fascinating when you see just how quickly all of these programs, and obviously LSU baseball was still good under pulmonary. It didn't take the dip that LSU basketball did or um, that the football team did. But just to see how quickly all of these hires, these giant splash hires have come around, it's really just kind of fascinating to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I kind of went in depth and sort of wrote about, like, how, you know, year two is kind of becoming the thing here mm-hmm. at LSU, right? And I think we all kind of knew that when it was happening, when the original hires were happening. But, uh, we, you know, how how just kind of freakish it was. They were all happening kind of consecutively like that um, for one reason or another. Um uh, so yeah, but like to see Kim Mulkey win the national title in year two, it just, it just sort of puts in the context, like the power of LSU and, you know, and the power of other things like the transfer portal. Right. Yeah. And the power of recruiting and having like a name brand coach come in day one. And now all of a sudden you're a recruiting powerhouse, you know, like LSU women's basketball had no recruiting pull whatsoever. And then all of a sudden they hire a three-time national championship winning coach, and now all of a sudden you can get Flaugé Johnson. Yeah, crazy like, how that works. Like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then Michaela Williams, never two-player in the country, you can get her just like that, right? So that, that's just one example. And, I mean, they were recruiting pretty well in football, but they needed an organizer, and Brian Kelly's kind of the perfect person for that. And um, you kind of go down the line, and, I mean, I think it's surprising how quickly it's happened, but if you look at all the pieces, it shouldn't be that surprising, right? Just because – I've already mentioned the portal and some of the recruiting benefits you get by adding these new coaches. That's one, but two, I mean, Scott Woodward's just done this in terms of just hiring the right people consistently, whether it was a Washington, whether it was at uh, Texas A&M, like he's just very good at this. And and he, and he gets guys or gals who just know, who just have a track record of success and kind of like a bulletproof resume and, um, not not just a level of competence, but a level of consistent excellence. And I mean, a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of ADs have trouble. I mean, a lot of ADs would have loved a lot of these coaches, right? But he just does a very good job of, you know, of kind of convincing these coaches that LSU is the place to be. And um, sometimes LSU can sell itself, but sometimes it's just not as easy as that. And he just makes it look easy. Cookie, kind of looking at their schedule, LSU, their this their SEC schedule has been so front loaded. Because after this weekend mm. against South Carolina, they play Kentucky, who's eight and one in SEC play. But then after that, it's Ole Miss, who's one and nine, Auburn, who's four and seven, Alabama's four and seven, Mississippi State is two and nine, and Georgia's one and eight. They avoid Florida, who's eight and two, and Vanderbilt, who's ten and zero. I mean, if you're an LSU fan, there's no reason to panic if you, even if you lose tomorrow's game, if if it gets played at all, and you're at like seven and four in SEC play. So even if they start off seven and five, there's no reason to panic, right? Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I, I'd say for the most part, I think the radio shows and talked about how LSU is going to take care of Ole Miss this weekend, and uh, what happened is Ole Miss swept LSU and then kept on rolling all the way to winning a national championship. So like, the SEC is tough. I, I think that's just my point, and, um, and you really never really know how these things sort of fluctuate. Uh, and like we didn't, I, I mean, I expected South Carolina to be a better team this year, but I didn't expect them to be this good. 
So it, it, it things are, you know, things are going to change. And I think a couple of those teams that you mentioned could potentially play, you know, play better. Like Alabama has shown signs and um, Ole Miss again, won the national championship last year. So I don't want to totally bury them, but you're right that it is. I think it is, but it's also like, you're right though. Like it's undeniable how much easier the second half of their schedule is. And I think that, that like you said, as you said, like that's a good reason not to panic too much, but Again, like that's the, the thing with this team, though. It's it's not like how many regular season wins can you have, and hopefully you can host a regional. Like LSU fans already know that, like that, like that's going to happen, or that's likely going to happen. It's not Omaha. It's like how is this team going to look like heading, not just heading into the regional, but in the regionals and on their way to Omaha? Because it's Omaha or bust with this team. Like the expectations are just different. So um, they can win as many regular season series as they want, but that's just not going to satisfy fans until, you know, the, the first pitch is made in, in the College World Series and they're in it. So, like, that's that's sort of the goal for this team. We're talking with Koki Riley, LSU reporter for USA Today Sports South Region with the Daily Advertiser. And obviously, uh, Koki, we were all excited and they've been delivering this season and players like a Dylan Cruz, uh, Paul Skeen's on the mound. Uh, but who would you say at least would be – a, a pleasant surprise for you on the roster right now. Hmm, I was going to say Gary Edwards, but <laughs> um, unfortunately, that, uh, that 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 trip might be uh, coming to a close. But I think Gavin Dugas being just as productive as he's been this season has been, I think, a slight surprise for me. Um, I mean, especially when you just sort of realize how much how much adversity he had to go through this off season. I mean, he's basically. I, I think he is like legally blind in one eye and the fact that he's playing through that with this um, very advanced corrective lens he's has, he has in one eye. Like it's like, it's very, it, 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 it's, it's kind of wild that it's not only he, he's not only we knew he's a good player, but he's playing the best baseball of his career while having this like really terrible disease in his, one of his eyes. So um, I, I think considering that, I think he has to be, um, at least toward the top of that list. But, I mean, I, I think I, I think one of the remarkable things, I guess, for this LSU team is just, is just, the, it's just that, like, everyone's sort of hitting or hitting up their standard, at least at the plate. So, like, Tommy White's been pretty much as advertised. Dylan Cruz has been pretty much as advertised. Paul Skeens has been better than advertised. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe Gavin Guidry might, might sort of – you know, work his way up to, you know, surprise of the season if, if this continues, but we might be, uh, I might be a little bit premature with that. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Dugas has to be the pick here. Kogi Riley, definitely appreciate the time, and hopefully we get this game in tomorrow. Uh, would like to see some kind of uh, outcome either way for this LSU team in this series. Uh, should be a good one. Hopefully uh, the weather holds up. Appreciate the time, Koki. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I was Koki Riley, reporter for USA Today, Sports South Region with the Daily Advertiser. And yeah, 10.30 pregame coverage here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app with a first pitch supposedly scheduled for 11 a.m. We'll see if that rain can hold up in South Carolina for them to at least get a couple innings in over there. I'm Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak and Charlie Long back after this on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.